You're listening to Oi Spaceman, a Doctor Who love story. We're married, nerdy, opinionated, sex positive, and love chatting about all things Doctor Who. In this episode, hear all about our wonderful weekend at Chicago TARDIS 2014, one of the biggest Doctor Who conventions on this side of the Atlantic. Special thanks to Dr. Paul Booth for chatting with us on an earlier episode, and we'd like to give a special shout-out to Dominic Glenn, Matt Irvine, Wendy Padbury, Fraser Hines, and the great Noel Clark for making this experience truly something to remember. All right, so this is going to be kind of a midweek bonus episode, um, mostly because I don't want to spend a whole week of no content to set this, but um, <laughs> welcome to episode 29 of the uh, Always Spaceman, a Doctor Who Love Story podcast. Um, we're going to do this kind of short and simple, um, hopefully not take too long, too much of your time, because there's nothing more annoying than hearing about somebody else's fun vacation. Um, yeah, you haven't yet said what it is we're doing. But today we're going to be uh, talking <laughs> about our uh, trip to Chicago TARDIS. Um, so, let's tell you about our fun vacation. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, we're kind of doing this, just kind of chilling out um, on a Saturday when we both should be doing classwork. But, um, what the hell, let's just sit and talk, talk a little bit about last weekend when we uh, went to uh, the big Doctor Who convention. When we pretended we had lives again. Right, which, you know, graduation's coming up, so hopefully we'll see. Again soon, yeah. So let's talk about Chicago TARDIS. Uh, let's. So um, we did end up, um, so Chicago TARDIS, for those who may not know, is the one of the three kind of big um, Doctor Who conventions every year. Um, it's, uh, takes place in, uh, outside Chicago, which obviously is where it gets, and the other two are, are Gallifrey 1 and, uh, Long Island 2. Hopefully one day we'll get out to those two as well, but, uh, we do live about two and a half hours from Chicago, so it's nice to, uh, nice to be able to drive in. Um. Almost feels like it's, it's a hometown con. Almost. Almost. Um, although I, I think there should be, like, a Keizu con at some point, you know, like, there is, but it's like, I think it's mainly horror. Wow. Anyway. Well, those guys suck, then. <laughs> no, we like horror. Um, anyway, this moving was my, on. This is my very first science fiction con, so it was uh, a lot of fun. I had a nice time. I'd definitely do it again. Um, and hopefully next year, uh, we'll maybe we'll uh, do a panel or two at Chicago TARDIS. Yeah, I definitely think um, we we got to go to quite a few panels, and a lot of them... I found myself wanting to be on the panel so I could have a, a <laughs> deeper discussion with some of the people. Um, so like, which was a cool feeling. It it was it was a very um, cool environment for conversation in the panels. Yep. So I would love to do that next year. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna kind of walk you through a weekend. I've got the schedule in front of me, so we'll just kind of do it more or less chronologically. Um, we did have to take the puppy, so we ended up having to, you know, walk the dog and, and that sort of thing, um, which took away, I think, from some of our socializing time. I think um, if we hadn't had the dog, we would have spent a little bit more time kind of doing the lobby con thing. Yes, then again, Wendy Padbury did call her lovely. She did. Um, that was at the very end. I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll um, get to that. But, uh, no, um, I did get to uh, meet both Wendy Padbury and, he's, pardon me, Fraser Hines, uh, who played Wendy and, uh, pardon me, Zoe and Jamie, respectively, uh, second Doctor Companions. So um, that was really nice. Uh, both are um, really, really nice people. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that when we talk about their panel. So let's start from day one. What did we do, Daniel? Well, uh, let's start off, uh, first of all, general thoughts about the, the con. Um, 
I've been to a, a few different cons. Um, you did Dragon Con a couple of years. My my actually, I've only done Dragon Con once. It well, feels like a couple it, years it feel, because it feels like you did it like eighty five times because you've got friends that go every year. every year. Yeah. So I feel like I'm there in spirit. Um, no, but I went to Dragon Con. That was actually my first con, and it was like, whoa, Nelly. Um, but I had also been to academic conferences, uh, Did AWB. you just say, whoa, Nelly? Yeah, I know. I don't know where that came from. We're just going to keep talking. Yeah. We're uh, going to pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Pretend we don't have that on, on audio record for forever. forever. Yeah. Um, but I've been to academic conferences. AWP kind of feels like poetry con. Sure. Um, well. And I've been to like craft beer festival stuff. So it's just sort of like, you know. They they all have a similarity in that it is a gathering of a subculture. But, you know, doing it Doctor Who style and it's a relative, it's good size. What, how many people did they say were there? 5,000. It's like 5,000 or something like that. So it didn't ever feel overwhelming the hotel was really nice um i actually really liked having the dog there because <laughs> i'm i'm enough of a person that felt like at the end of the day of crowds it was nice to come back and have my puppy to play with but um overall it, no, was... it was nice having the dog there it was just more of a like it you know it, it impacted we... on there were some people that we kind of wanted to see that probably yes. we didn't get to see as much because that's uh, true know. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun, and I would I would definitely do it again. Cool. Well, um, let's just kind of go through the schedule, and, yeah. you know, I don't want to, you know, go through the, I don't want to belabor a lot of these um, points here. Um, but we started off, um, we got there Thursday, and uh, just as a kind of a FYI, um, mm-hmm. don't lose your keys in the parking lot in the middle of, uh, you know, November. Yeah, especially and... don't lose your keys in your own pocket, so. Were they in your pocket? No, they were in my bra, but I wasn't going to say that. I just, I just wanted out. you to talk about your bra on yes, the internet. Yes, you know? I know. But, uh, no, I, I, she lost her keys. I was, uh, searching through We the had an adventure. Systematically, and my fingers went numb. And I what Daniel doesn't like know is times. that this did something you, goes you... wrong at every con, and so like you. No, I'm you glad s- we got it out of the way early. I just yeah. I asked you, do you have your keys on you? Are they in your pocket? No, they're not. And then finally, the, it was in your pocket. Um, Nobody else is gonna give a shit about that story. I think it's an amusing thing. I think right. it humanizes us because people put us on a pedestal on this podcast. I see. Yeah, I see. Um, Anyway, so, um, that was kind of, we got there Thursday night, we, mm-hmm. uh, stayed overnight, uh, we had dinner, we got up Friday, and we went to the Chicago TARDIS fire-up, the kind of mm-hmm. first thing in the morning thing. Um, I don't know that I'd bother with the fire-up again. Um. No, uh. Probably good for newbies who, you know, hadn't been to the con before. To you know, fire-up, fire yeah, definitely good for newbies. It kind of felt like it was for newbies and people who have been going for 20 years and just right. want to hang out with the organizers. Um, because there were some inside jokes and it, whatever, it, it felt very genuine to the con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then we moved on to, uh, well, we skipped, then we had breakfast and then mm-hmm. after that we went to, uh, Camille Cadore. She was kind of the first thing that we, uh, did. That's right. We after did Camille, we did Camille Cadore, we, we saw her speak. Yeah. Um, after I saw Steven her in Shaponsky the lobby of the, uh, of the, um, Radio Fiscaro, uh, interviewed her. Yeah. But, and this was after the first time I saw her in the lobby, um, which 
was I don't know like I've been to cons before and like you rent you have I've run into like the the celebrities um most notably I genuinely like bumped into Carrie Byron um nice. from Mythbusters at Dragon Con that one time and was like <laughs> <laughs> um and with Camille Kadori it was kind of the same thing she was very cute and had a very fluffy hat and I was like oh Cute oh, this hat. is this is Jackie Tyler, by the way. Yes. For, for anybody who doesn't know the name off the top of their head. Yes. Um, so she was adorable and precious, and her panel was adorable and precious. And um, one thing that was really nice, and this will kind of become, I'll just say it now. Um, it's nice to see so many um children. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of people of the like ten, ten, eleven, twelve. You know, that kind of age range. Yeah. Who were there? Who were really into not just the new Who stuff, but classic Who stuff, and who uh, were just adorable as. Oh my gosh! The Q and A sessions and the pan and the um, celebrity interviews were just to die for. Um, there were you had everything from little kids asking on multiple occasions who people shipped. I think we're gonna get to that when we get to yeah. the Billy Piper interview. Yeah, know? we'll definitely talk about that. But um, then also people who went up and just kind of gave testament to what a big impact Doctor Who had had on their life and how yeah. happy they were to be there. And nobody nobody was judgmental. It was all like, fuck yeah, we we love Doctor Who. So it was it was a really good time. Um, It's kind of a stereotype of this fandom of Doctor mm-hmm. Who fandom that it's kind of made up of middle-aged men and teenage girls, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, you don't, you didn't see that here. At, Definitely at not. There was a very wide um, range of uh, ages mm-hmm. and uh, genders. Um, I would like to have seen more people of color, but we did see some. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, you know, it's kind of hard to judge, like, LGBT representation. You know? No clue about how many um, queer people there were. It but, wasn't uh, exactly. I think I think queer who is something maybe that uh, we should be yeah. talking about more. Um, Although we, it was mentioned on one of the panels that we went to. Um, uh, but before we move on from Camille uh, Kaduri... Coterie, I don't remember. I think how it's Coterie. Coterie. Um, Jackie Tyler, who's just precious. Um, one of the fun things that w- about her in interviews is she really likes Doctor Who. Um, in particular, she, she likes the third Doctor. In particular, she's a Pertwee fan, and not just a Pertwee fan, like a she likes Pertwee. Th- that's and, come across in many of her other interviews. How yes. Much she, she gets a, a little turned on. Or a lot turned on by John Pertwee. Yeah. And, and I think it's awesome. And then, yeah, and then she started talking about how Capaldi somewhat reminded her of Pertwee. And it was like, oh, we all know what you're saying now. Yeah. And she, she wants to she wants to have marital relations with uh, Pertwee. Oh, yeah. Look at me trying to be coy here. Coy. Yeah. But anyways, it was, it's, I think what is fun um, were the celebrities of the con. Um all really seemed genuinely appreciative of fans. And uh, Camille, uh, I guess, had not gotten to be together with uh, Noel Clark, who played Mickey, and Billy Piper, who played Rose, in a long time, and they were all there together. So they, the, the three of them seemed to have a little bit of an extra happy spirit, like, hey, I'm getting to hang out with my friends, and I'm getting to talk about this cool job I had, and people still are interested in what I'm doing, and, um, so yeah, the, the interviews in general, I thought, were really fun. Right. No, I, I agree. Um, so after Camille, we went to the All Teeth and Curls, the 40 Years of the Fourth Doctor panel. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a, a fun little panel, a little bit forgettable. Um, probably the biggest moment is when uh, J.V. Anderson of the Who 37 podcast calls Sarah Jane Smith whiny. Dude put his foot in his mouth and, like, tweeted te- back he, to us. He technically did not. He was saying in relation to, like, Leela. You know, she, she's she's more whiny than Leela. The Ninth Doctor is more whiny than Leela. There's nobody less whiny, more whiny than, uh, less whiny than Leela. Right. I mean, you know. Uh, um, dude it, stuck his, stuck, it, it came stuck out his foot wrong. in his mouth. It came out wrong, but it was really hilarious how quickly that entire room went, excuse me, you do not talk about Sarah Jane. <laughs> it was hilarious. I will say that. Yeah. Um, um, otherwise, a pretty good, uh, yeah. a decent panel, but a little forgettable. Um, well, I mean, it, to be fair, some of these panels were a little bit of like, let's all sit around and talk about what we like. Which is perfectly fair. Perfectly fair. I mean, likes um, the panels. Um, but yeah. Uh, the next one, and against these two panels were the Wendy Padbury and Fraser Hines, like individual interviews. Right. Um, maybe, I mean, it would have been fun to go see those, but we did end up seeing them uh, together with uh, Deborah uh, Watling the next mm-hmm. day. Um, but yes. then we went to the uh, Cause and Effect, the story of the BBC Visual Effects Department oh. with uh, Matt Irvine. And... Talk about really fucking cool. Um, this is literally a guy who just worked in the tech department. Yeah, he he's basically known as the guy who created K nine. Um, that's kind of his big well, and con- thing that he's known and continues for. to be K nine. If right. if you hire K nine, it is Matt Irvine. Um, but his presentation and like seriously he is the kind of dude you would expect to be working behind the scenes on a tv show like t-shirt and in, jeans in the 70s you know particular yeah. you know he he's one of those he's who'd been doing this for many decades and he has a billion stories and, and um, a very thick jokes. accent to the point where sometimes he would make jokes and he'd start laughing at them and they weren't quite until uh completely understandable but it was adorable anyway but his powerpoint was essentially a history of visual effects and television right uh, and at the bbc um, at the bbc specifically but still i mean yeah you see it was it was very interesting to see you know he talked um that presentation was definitely focused on not just doctor who but all of his other work as well and yeah. the history of that visual effects department there. He wrote a book, or he co-authored a book, mm-hmm. um, which he was, he was selling there, which unfortunately I didn't buy a copy. I, I, yeah. I thought about it, but... Um, well, I'm yeah. sure we can find it online. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Matt Irvine. Um, because we did get to see more of him. We did get to see the canine thing. Mm-hmm. Um, next we went to Noel Clark. Oh my gosh, Noel Clark! I will say this one was against the Impossible Egomaniac uh, panel, which was all about Clara, and we were not going to go to that anyway. No. we do not consider Clara an egomaniac. No, but Noel Clark... And I think Shana would have, like, boiled over, like, literally. I, yeah, my head panel. probably would have popped. Uh, but we went to see Noel Clark. Noel Clark. He is good-looking. He is funny. He is in touch with his fans. He was adorable with the children. He was hilarious. He was hilarious. He really, it really, he's so hot. He bent over at one point and I was like, that ass though. He took a selfie with us, with the, with the, the audience in the background. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't remember. I, we went to see more than one of his panels. We went to see, uh, we went to the very last thing we did was the, uh, the year of nine thing. Yeah. And I had Annette Badland who played, uh, the Slovene. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Camille and, uh. 
Noel. Yeah. I, so I think it was at this one then that he um he said the thing about having lunch with Sasha Gray. <laughs> he uh i can't remember if that was this day or the next day but um yeah, yeah he he uh somebody asked him what his what celebrities he's met i think it was oh, no the, it was the it, last night you know it was somebody asked him if he had ever been starstruck and he and i mean what i loved about Noel clark is he's just kind of a dude and and like everybody he's who came up to ask a question a nerd, he'd be like hey dude what's up and he's like so excited about his role in star trek and so mm-hmm. wants to be in doing stuff in star wars and in the marvel universe man i'd guess that got an mcu movie no problem absolutely know? um but a kid gets up there and asks if he gets starstruck and he's like you know man i really don't get starstruck very much it, it's not really a thing but if you want to say if there was a time that i ever was just really excited um i got to have lunch with sasha gray once and swear to and god he says don't google that kids if you're over 18 you can google that swear but. to god Room went dead silent except for me and Daniel going, ha! Um, and I think that there was a slight mumble of, that's that porn girl. Um, it, it, I, I won't say that there wasn't a slight bit of disapproval because it is very clearly meant to be a family con. Right. Uh, but and we're going to get into that, I think, on, on, the, on the Saturday, on Sunday, rather. There was, the, yeah, but you know, he, 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 no court pushed the boundaries. Let's just put it that way. So much. And it was um, hilarious. And I loved him. And I, I should have paid to get a picture with him just because I like him. Yeah, he he's a super nice guy. And I tweeted um, at him and he tweeted back. He tweeted back at me too, so it wasn't even just the ladies. But, yeah, yeah, so it was just, he he really understands this side of the job, as it were. Yeah, and when uh, people were talking about, uh, people were asking him, he was like naming Marvel characters in his last name. Like, he's oh, legitimately shit. a geek. You know? Oh yeah, he definitely, um, he was definitely geeky about some things more than others, but he was not judgmental and... And, um, you know, he, he, again, like, and, and I will say this about all of the actors, but he especially, and he talked about his children a little bit and the fact that he games, but apparently he tweets about being really good at Mario Kart and this kid at the con said, Hey, you know, you want to get online and play a game of Mario Kart? And he's like, Hey, yeah, when I'm back in London, I'll tweet out my username. Oh, speaking of which, uh, somebody asked him why he's not in Doctor Who Legacy. Oh, and yes. Apparently, there was some uh, thing with the uh, the his his likeness rights were not like the, the Doctor Who Legacy people didn't have it, and he emailed his agent while on stage. Literally on stage, emailed his agent, and the interviewer, to his glee, um, read over his shoulder, you know, dear so and so. I know I signed those papers. Get me in the game. Like, we'll talk sooner, essentially. And it was just, it really, um, I've been to some cons where it feels like there are celebrities on a stage mm-hmm. and there you feel the distance between the stage and the audience. But Chicago TARDIS feels like there's a big emphasis on, um, Making it feel like you're just hanging out with these people, right? Definitely, it, it was very relaxed, and um, so with some yeah. guests more than others. But, yes, um, I think for the to to a large degree, it felt very. But um, No Clark definitely, man. He he felt like he was just chilling. He would have said goddamn anything if there weren't children in the room. Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I would have liked to have uh, bought him a drink at some point. Yeah, and, you know, do the R-rated interview. Um. So, uh, moving on from that, which yeah. was a lot of fun, but yeah. uh, then we actually separated. You did the Boyfriends Get the Short End panel, yes, and I went to the DVD panel. 
Um, the DVD panel, this will probably be the last year it's happening, just because the DVD line is basically done. And uh, this mm-hmm. was uh, Steve Manfred, who is a Doctor Who expert on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he has basically done the DVD panel for years. A very, very geeky, very, very small panel about, yeah. um, you know, talking about the DVD line. Um, but it was it was fun for me just to get to go and see them talk about, the see him, essentially, talk about the DVD line and people asking questions about various technical issues in the DVD line, which uh, you wouldn't have cared about. But you went to the boyfriend panel, so tell me about the boyfriend panel. Um, so... And try to swear as little as possible. I'm gonna swear as little as possible, and I'm gonna be as nice as possible. So, you know, I feel really bad for some of these people on these panels, because I have a very expressive face, and if you say something that I disagree with, it's probably pretty obvious pretty quickly, and I'm not even aware of it. Um... But, so, The Boyfriends Get the Short End was primarily a look at Mickey, Rory, and Danny Pink. Um, so, let me just say that again. It was a look, a conversation about Mickey, who has a a very big character arc, who starts out as kind of the dope, he has his tin dog realization, and then he gets to be a badass in the end. We have Rory, the 2,000-year-old man, but not really, but in a love triangle, but okay. And then we have Danny Pink, who you guys know that I have strong feelings about the sexist portrayal. Um, And I will say that most of the people on the panel um, do not feel the same way that I do about these characters. Um, and they, much of fandom doesn't feel the same way we do. About I know, and they they agreed with each other, and so it was interesting to hear them discuss that. You know, I'm always saying I really want to understand why people like these characters, um, and I I tried to ask some of those questions that bothered me about you know the idea that Moffat perhaps relies on fans to fill in a lot of characterization and. I it was informational for me, but I definitely did feel like, oh man, I I personally would have enjoyed that panel more if there was somebody, not necessarily me, but somebody who disagreed. Right. Um. And uh. uh but it was still a, a an interesting topic, and I'm glad that they had it. Cool. Um. Then we kind of just broke. I mean, there was some other stuff going on, but nothing that we felt like we really had to do. So we ended up yeah. just kind of doing dinner and seeing the puppy and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, that was the oh, uh, that night was also the um, the other big thing that we did was we did the Dominic Glenn concert. <gasps> oh my god, that uh, was so forgot good. all about that until I was oh right, right, right. Dominic Glenn. Dominic uh, Glenn was so cool. Dominic Glenn, who wrote the what's called the Sixth Doctor theme. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll throw a little bit of that music on this podcast episode um and he wrote some other music for doctor who and he's kind of a current composer in in england and and what's tv composer it's similar to um what's the canine guy's name i'm Matt Irvine. similar to matt irvine part of what was just really interesting about hearing dominic glenn talk is this is someone who's still a professional in this industry right um and so just hearing him talk about not just the music industry, but doing music for TV, like being a working musician in this way mm-hmm. over the years. Um, that alone was, I thought, really interesting. And the way that he talked about um, how he actually wished that 
there were more different composers on the show, so that it, every episode had a little bit of its own personality. Well, somebody asked him about this. this we're, we're jumping a little bit ahead. This was the concert, which we yeah. saw, um, which was this amazing concert. Sorry, I'm um, having a hard time separating them in my but head. But it's fine. But, but we did get to see him later. I'll just kind of skip over this yeah. later because we're going to talk about it now. But um, on Saturday, he did a... Um, oh, yeah, on Saturday, he did a... Um, an interview. Sorry, we got a cat jumping up now. Last episode, we had a dog getting in the way. Now we got cats that are all over the place. So, um, is the dog still in your life underneath the cover? This this cat and that dog don't get along. So we'll uh, hope she'll get down. <laughs> Shanna is looking like she's about to get stabbed in the face. Okay. And we're good. It's a little bit like if a cobra came and started like sitting on you. Anyway, <laughs> um, so. A little bits of our life just get stuck into our Doctor Who yeah. podcast. Awesome. So we're bouncing around between he uh, did a performance and later did an interview, but right. And and in the interview, we talked to you know somebody asked him um, about uh, how he felt about Murray Gold's uh, stuff mm-hmm. on the new series. And Murray Gold has been has basically done all the music for the entire new series. And he was very complimentary of Murray Gold. He definitely was like, you know, I I really like the work that's been done. I'm not, you know, saying, but, but, you know, um... He essentially said, everybody's got their own personality to their music. mm -hmm. It'd be nice to see a different personality. Well, Murray Gold has now been doing the Doctor Who music for eight years. Yeah. And it's not that what he's doing is bad. I, I really love his music, but it would be nice to have the to be challenged a little bit more musically by the kind of because you look at the stuff that was being done mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s and 80s and part of what made the the show so unique in those days was that they were using this electronic music and the stuff that nobody else was doing Um, well and so and the reason i wanted to skip to kind of some of the stuff he said in his interview was going back to the performance it was really fun it was um I think I tweeted that it was like a rave, de- a Doctor Who rave DJ, um, because he was using samples from the music he had created for episodes and layering with tons of sounds, and it was still relatively experimental in mm-hmm. style of using, you know, computer programs and music. Um, but I liked that I felt like. This was a guy who did Doctor Who, but who has grown and is changing. And... Right, I mean, that was at the beginning of his career. Ultimately. Yeah. And now we're talking about you know him, him now, and he's still mm-hmm. actively doing music for, for TV and film. So, um, mm-hmm. a really sweet guy, too. Um, I tweeted out um, that uh, the, the concert was kind of like Doctor Who meets Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um and uh he he responded and said thank you or something like yeah. that. So um, um oh a really there sweet was guy. Um I you I, I know I follow him now on Twitter, I think. Yeah, I did you. too um, because he's yeah, he, he's pretty cool. There was also a guy, um, and I didn't get to ask much because uh Dominic Lane came down in front of the stage and then we kind of were like, Ah, too many people. But well, there was... well, suddenly he gets mobbed. Like there was right. kind of nobody there, and then Dominic Lynn gets off the stage, and then okay, suddenly like, everybody ah! kind of has the oh, I have to go. Well, I have to was... go say one thing, just I... one thing. Like he literally was standing three inches from me, and yeah. I was going to say, "Hey, great concert, thank you very much." Yeah, and then I'll walk away. Yeah, and before I could even do that, he got mobbed. So, yeah, you know, you know, cons. Uh, but there was an artist there who did uh painting interpretations of the performance yeah um he was doing others st- i mean he was kind of there the whole weekend i think yeah I, I didn't get to see as much but uh that was really cool i just wanted to give yeah uh, i took a, a photo of it so maybe we'll uh, throw that photo up on mm-hmm. our um on our uh, facebook page yeah which you can find by looking at always always space man on facebook mm-hmm. 
Um, so let's move on. Let's do our Saturday schedule. Um, you did the cosplay, uh, the cosplay and consent panel, and I did the ongoing theme. Yeah. Would you like to talk a little bit about the cosplay and consent panel? So, the people that ran the cosplay and consent panel, I really support what they were trying to do. They were trying to have the conversation that we all have about, you know, having healthy boundaries, understanding that sometimes people don't mean to be doing something without your consent. Um, however, I don't feel they were prepared to really talk about it more than sharing personal experiences. And I, you know, I, there was a lot of benefit in that. There was a, a, a young girl who was dressed in adorable um, TARDIS cosplay with like a corset and like um, a bunch of frilly. It was really cute. Um, but she had a moment where she was visibly upset and was talking about how some people are shy and, you know, it's hard for them to say, leave me alone. And there were some really empowering moments. Um, but I, I did wish that there had felt like there was a more organized approach to it. Um, just talking about sexism and geek culture because there, there was a question from the audience that I kind of stepped in and answered because it was not being answered the way I felt it needed to. Um, and afterwards the panel did a really good job of, uh, of following through with that. But unfortunately I feel like a lot of the conversation got turned into, well, here, here's a good way of getting someone to leave you alone. Yeah, which is valuable in and of itself, but when that's the only conversation happening, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of tough. I wasn't there for that yeah. um, panel, but it does, I mean, there is this sort of thing where you're talking about a, a fandom convention and, mm-hmm. you know, like how academic and how, like you have to balance yeah. that kind of desire to be kind of academic and thoughtful with just being squeeful, you know, and there yeah. is a, there is a way of doing both, but. Yeah. Um, it. Uh, I again. And sometimes I, it's just the composition of the panel. I applaud know? them for trying. I think that there was a whole lot that got touched on that everyone got overwhelmed, and then the panel was over. Um, so really interesting. I wish that it could have been a longer discussion. And yeah, and that's kind of the tough thing because I I will say that every panel I went to and everything I went to, they did a really good job keeping people on time mm-hmm. and on you know so that you did have yeah. time to go from one thing to another and, and really kind of yeah. see everything you wanted to see. Um, but uh, it was uh, sometimes you really wish, man, I wish you guys had another ten or fifteen minutes to really dig into this a little bit more. Yeah, and I think the problem with the cosplay and consent panel was actually that I think they undershot too much mm-hmm. because they knew how little time they had, right. um, and then they didn't really have structure to go from. Right. Um, but you know, hey, it was still really it was a, a necessary panel. I hope that it's a mainstay. I hope it happens every year and. It has a new discussion every year, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, awesome. Um, I went to the ongoing theme, which was kind of talking about arcs in Doctor Who and kind of talking about the um, way that, uh, you know, particularly in the new series, we kind of do these season-long arcs, and then in the Moffat era, it kind of becomes the this whole thing and talking about what works, what doesn't work, and comparing it to some of the um, classic series stuff. Um, this was actually one of the better panels that I attended this, um, this, mm-hmm. this time. 
Um, lots of really bright people, including uh, Eric Ensign of the Verity Podcast, who I got to mm. meet afterwards, so it was very nice. Um, I admire that podcast. It's one of my favorites. Um, Daniel has a fun. little podcast crush on the Verity Podcast. I have, I have a crush on all the Verities, so I did try to go to all the Verity stuff I could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Erica uh, was great, um, and the basically the discussion... Uh, you know, it's great because several of them were podcasters, and podcasters kind of get how to do a panel mm-hmm. where you talk and then you finish what you say and then you move mm-hmm. on to something else. And um, I did get to um, ask my get my two cents in at the end, where mm-hmm. I basically said, you know, I'm not a Moffat fan, you know, um, and differentiated between what I think people do um, have issues differentiating between the the idea of a story arc over a season mm-hmm. versus a puzzle box, right? You know. And I, I would, I'm great with the idea of doing a story arc, but I think the puzzle box kind of gets on my nerves, and I, and I wish that we as fandom could, could maybe differentiate between those two things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, if they do that kind of same kind of, I would try to do that panel next year and um, try to yeah. bring that up if, if they do the panel again next year. So, um, and I'll kind of leave that there. But I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of an ongoing discussion we're having. Um, and then uh, I went to the uh, Mod 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 Doctor, which is all about the Second Doctor, mm-hmm. which was um, just a fun panel about the Second Doctor. I'm not going to really mm-hmm. talk about that too much. Um, uh, Liz from the Verity Podcast was on that one, which was the big thing. Um, and she she comes across as is um, very aggressive on podcasts, but when you see her in person and the way that she is, uh, her body language does a lot to like dispel some of the um, you know aggressiveness. Um, so it was nice to, to see, okay, this is kind of how she really is, and mm-hmm. just kind of she sounds a little bit more aggressive than sometimes she is. Um, but uh, everybody was very nice on that, and that was a very uh, knowledgeable podcast. In general, the Saturday, uh, or not podcast, uh, panel. In general, I think the Saturday panels were much better um, moderated and much better. Yeah. Um, uh, because that's when I went to which panel? We went to the Teaching Doctor Who panel, which yes. uh, we're almost to that point. Um, but uh, I'm just going to leave that there. That was a nice panel. Um, then we went to the Heinz Padbury Watling. Oh, um, yeah. Fraser Hines, uh, Wendy Padbury, and Deborah Watling. Oh, my gosh. They're so cute. So we had seen Wendy Padbury, um, who played Zoe, uh, one of the... Was she just second Doctor companion? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Had, oh, had these, a brain these are, fart. These are yeah. the three um, big second Doctor companions. But um, we had seen her in the lobby earlier, and she Did we see her then, or did we see her later? No, we saw her beforehand, because I remember thinking, like, oh my goodness, her eyes literally sparkle. Um, <laughs> she's just this precious... Uh, yeah, Wendy Padbury is just luminous. So she cute. Is, uh, even now. Um... um like you, you watch and, and the, the show, and she's and just... they, and they all had a lot of energy and charm, and were just very, very funny, and they're also very fond of what Doctor Who has done for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had lots of great things to say about Patrick Troughton, which mm-hmm. was nice, and lots of you know nothing that if you're a Who fan, nothing that you haven't heard before. I think, yeah, um, in terms of uh, what their time on the show was like, but um, you know, particularly Wendy and uh, Fraser. Like, I ship them in real life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're so those cute. Those two are, the, the, that's a great double Oh, act. and wanna, they just giggled together and... I oh, want to see them in a romantic comedy or something. Fraser Hines is, uh, has a very dirty sense of humor. 
Um, I want to see him and Noel Clark do a uh, oh, panel yeah. together. Um, but Wendy Padbury, man, she made him blush two or three times because she could just get him <laughs> right in the... Who embarrassed him? It was so cute. And I think that that's part of what's fun about this kind of con is these people have been talking about this show for... I mean, these these two have been doing cons together off and on for 20 years. For 20 years. Or, pardon me, 30 years. Yeah, and, and I mean, they were worked on the show before, so, like, they actually have the memories of working on the show. Well, you gotta think and... about, like, somebody like Wendy Padbury, mm-hmm. who, or, or, you know, who, who basically did the show. Mm-hmm. It was, she was on it for two years. She was a working actress. She was 19 when she started, 21 when she finished, and then went on and, and had an acting career. Mm-hmm. Um, she came back, she did a brief little cameo for the 10th anniversary, and then that was it. And then 15 years later, she starts doing cons about it. And people still remember, you know, yeah. this this little two years that you did on this show, you know. It's just... 30 years ago. It, it's, now 50 years ago. The, the joint interviews that had more than one celebrity, it was genuinely fun because it was like they're, they, they genuinely seemed relaxed and like they were hanging out with friends and talking about old times and trying to make each other laugh and poking each other in the ribs so that was i just thought that that was a lot of fun i you could probably not even know a damn thing about doctor who and still enjoy watching those people talk because they were so funny it was it was very very fun Mm -hmm. um then after that in the same room we did the matt irvine history of the mechanical mutt yes Uh, the the whole uh, hour about canine a whole um, hour one about thing I love canine's about Matt history. Irvine, he clearly was in love with Liz Slade. Oh, he is so in love with Liz Slade. Even though Canine never, I mean, except for Canine and Company, but like he 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 did work with Liz Slade at some point because mm-hmm. he he was on the show during mm-hmm. the time that she was on it. Yeah, clearly he was just in love with her. Um, Every time he talked about her, it was just a It was just reverent. It was so. At least twice during the two things that we saw him at, he mm-hmm. had slides where he would just say, and this is Liz Slade. And aren't we sad that she's no longer with us? Well, no. The first presentation he ended on a picture of her and said it was in memory of her. Right. And then in the second one, the the first time he showed a picture, it was like a behind-the-scenes picture, and she was just laughing and smiling, and the wind was... I mean, this was not just a, like, hanging backstage. This is a, oh, look at how gorgeous she was. and And you could just tell that he was like, and now you will applaud. Yep, yep. (laughs) So um, that was very sweet. Matt Irvine, very good at playing the crowd as well. Oh, um, yeah. Because he's like, I realize I'm standing in a room with a bunch of Doctor Who fans, and I may not remember the exact episode that this shot so, comes from, but I can hold out the microphone and, and half the crowd knows, well, that was clearly Warrior's Gate. You know, yeah. like... It, it, he, him relying on the crowd to know the titles of everything was... Yeah, yeah, it was no, cute. Pretty awesome. Um, really great. If you ever, get, I I would do um I would do another panel or another yeah. thing with Matt Irvine. Um, that was I'd get a beer fun. with him. Yeah, no, I would buy him a beer, no question. Um, after that, then we separate again. I did the podcasting panel, mm-hmm. which um the Who Thirty Seven podcast has already posted that, so I'm just gonna put a link to the show notes so you can just listen to that. Cool. Um, it was a nice panel, but since it's recorded, you can just go listen to it. Um, and you did the perils, perks, and promise of teaching Doctor. Oh yeah! Where we got to meet uh, Mr. Paul Booth, who we uh, yeah, who who I then went on to interview. Yeah, so uh, and you should listen to that because that's two episodes. Yeah, 
Anyways, so I went to a panel on teaching Doctor Who. Um, Dr. Paul Booth, who is a faculty member, and I think he said communications and uh, media studies at, at DePaul. DePaul University in Chicago. Sunny um, Chicago, as he said. Yeah. A colleague of his that is a religion professor that often uses... Uh, the Beast Below. The Beast Below, yep. Yeah, as um, a, a way to talk about religion. And what he said it was like, that episode was like Brothers Karamazov and in yeah. the ethical quandaries it produces. And I was like, I laughed because I was like, yes. And he's like, no, really. I'm like, yes, no, go ahead. I mean, the um, beast, people shit on the Beast Below. Yeah. But it really is like an episode that is about. Oh, no, you know, he loved it. Of, um, um and then the two other panelists identified themselves primarily as having been past students of Paul's, um, but they were both really great um, as well. And a lot of what they talked about was being able to criticize something um, that you love and not being able and, you know, putting that distance um something we don't know anything about on this podcast right so you know i i poked at the bear and and said like you know <laughs> oh so, I love my wife. so uh how do we talk about this show right now when it's so fucking sexist did you say the word fucking on the panel probably not okay. there were children in the room yeah um and you know we there was some good conversation about how you can still find things that you like within it um and, you know, that oft-reiterated phrase among the fandom that's like, well, if you don't like Doctor Who now, just wait, it'll change. Um, that was part of it, but I, I really... To be fair, John Nathan Turner was the producer for nine years. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, but let's continue. Shut up. Uh, but, I, you know, my little arc academic heart fluttered, um, because I, I loved the kind of conversation. It wasn't super academic. It in and of itself, but it, it did talk about, you know, using theory and criticism and applying it um, to something that you can both be a fan of and about being a fan of. So I had, I loved it. I, I thought I had a great time. Um, and then we ended up interviewing someone. We ended up interviewing Paul Booth. So um, that was uh, really awesome. That was the next day. Yeah. I mean, you met him that night and then... Yeah, um, I met him and said, hey, you guys are cool. Here's my card. And he said, hey, you want to do an interview? I was like, uh, sure. So yeah, thank I, you. Thank you, Paul, if yeah. you're listening for which, making that so easy. Which was a great um, interview, a great conversation. And hopefully we're going to keep in touch. We've tweeted back and forth a little bit since yeah. then. So um, Yeah, I'm just going to go... Uh, take his class. Awesome. If I can, no, I can't. Anyway, moving um, on. So um, moving on, after that, we went to the uh, Dominic Glenn uh, interview, the actual conversation. With right, Dominic which we Glenn. already talked about. We already a talked bit. a lot about that, so I'm just going to move on. And then, uh, Big Finish on the run. And uh, you and I have not really started digging into Big Finish in any no. real way. But the big reason to, well, the, the reason that we definitely wanted to sit, not sit through that, but the big reason we definitely wanted to be there for that was because right after that is the Billy Piper interview. Yeah, and I was like, so uh, we're getting seats and we're not leaving, um, which was the right thing to do. It was the right decision to make. Um, also. The Big Finish on the Run also was podcasted, and Nicholas Briggs and the other guy whose name I can't get I don't. Sherwin, maybe. Um, 
really hilarious guys. Super funny. Um, they they could have been written by Robert Holmes. They're yeah. such a good dog. Loads guy. of fun. Ha ha! Really obscure Doctor Who. Not even obscure. But um, and my Doctor Who joke. And then Billy Piper. And. Billy Piper is like, imagine Courtney Love. Wait, so let me have my fan moment first. Okay. This was not the first time in the day that I had seen Billy Piper. Yeah. And I'm going to tell this in the least creepy way possible because this it's, is genuinely it's how it happened. It's anyway. hard. It's hard for it, but I was going to the bathroom, yeah. and <laughs> women talk in the bathroom a, a lot of times. So it's it's not uncommon, but it was completely quiet except for one woman talking clearly on the phone to someone in the UK. As as it happens when you are going to the bathroom and there's one voice talking, it is very hard not to listen to what they're saying. Right. Um. So I'm like trying to tune it out, and I hear, "Oh no, it's the six hours later," and "Oh, I'm sorry, you're not feeling well," and "Oh, mommy will be home soon," and I'm just like, "Oh, I wonder who it is," and lo and behold, it was Billy Piper, and I was just like, "This is weird." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's probably all you should say about the content of the conversation, just, you know. Yeah, no, and I mean, that was the extent of the conversation I heard. So so you did not speak to Billy Piper or anything? Nope, Um, I I held the door open for her. I think you said all you did was stare at her shoes. Yeah, no, she was wearing a really cute outfit. I had heard just enough of the conversation to know, like, I shouldn't say anything. She's just using the bathroom, and this is a complete coincidence. So I had been packing up <laughs> bags of stuff and I got to hold the door open for her and she said thank you and was very sweet. Um, but so that was my little moment of like, oh, it's Billy Piper. She's so cute. She has really cute shoes. I awkwardly overheard part of that conversation. Um, okay. Um, but honest to goodness, after seeing her interview, I don't think that she would mind. She was such a chill, sweet, sweet lady. She she is uh, sensuous. Is like you know mm-hmm. everything you've ever seen her in an interview. Mm-hmm. Like she just like to me, she just screams rock star. Yeah, like, she's just sitting there like if Courtney Love was not a drug addict, and just like 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 that sort of like we're just chilling. She just has, saying. I mean, she is one of those people that has an it factor, if you will. Yeah. You just can't take your eyes off. Her. And I mean, she um, was not. She was kind of wearing loungy clothes and her hair was messy and up and she was just precious um and she and whenever she said the word david speaking of david tennant you know oh man the way she says david tennant's first name she's david and you're like oh Oh, and, what, and it, what are you not David saying? David Tennant had to explain the science fiction elements to the 50th anniversary to her. Yeah. Like, she didn't quite get it, but she called up her, her David. Yeah, she said, David, my head doesn't work with this science fiction. It doesn't work that way. So David always explains things to me. And of course he does. Yeah, because why not? So, like... I kind of imagine them, like, in bed, he's spooning her. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the he's real like, life shippingness of it gets like so bad. He's, like, whispering in her ear. Well, you know, darling, you know, the way that the moment works is, you know. But at some point, there was a kid who asked who she shipped. 
And she didn't understand what shipping was. And so she, uh, the interviewer, having having Stephen Shaponsky, uh, had, had to, to explain, explain what shipping, shipping was. to Billy Piper in front of an audience of a thousand people. And so she realized it, didn't understand why it was dirty at first, then understood why it was dirty, and then backtracked and said she would ship her own parents. That Jackie, <laughs> right? She was like, "Who do you who do you ship?" And she's like, "I don't, I don't, you know, like." Uh, and then uh, finally um, answered the question with. Uh, yeah you know so it lots of lots of fun i i think um people get concerned that cons especially small ones for some reason that they're going to be just so stodgy and geeky and that the celebrities are going to be like bored and embarrassing mm-hmm. the i really like chicago tardis for the fact that it just seemed like everyone was happy to be there yeah no and uh billy piper was clearly mm-hmm. the big star i mean the mm-hmm. only time that i felt claustrophobic in the entire yeah. weekend was sitting in that room mm-hmm. with i mean just the walls were completely covered yeah. with people um but she's I, quite humble about it. Oh yeah, no. I mean, because she's I mean, she is a big star. She's been a big star for most you know, of her life. 15, 20 years now yeah. almost. Um, which is because she was kind of a a, child, <clears throat> a teenage pop she's star a pop star. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still a a working actress, but you know, clearly within the Doctor Who world, she's this huge star. Um, and people love her, but she was so humble about it and so just appreciated she, it. You, you know, know it was, I will say she and um, Camille, especially uh, Jackie Tyler, they they seemed the most still emotionally affected by the fan response that they get. Yeah. They they both had their moments of just thank you for for really making this still a, such a special thing for me. Yeah, no, um, it was a real. And she actually had to leave early because she had to um, fly back to just to shoot. Uh, they're not saying specifically, but we know it's to shoot Penny Dreadful. Um, yeah, you know they're they're. Being I guess her character her. might be dead. Um, but there are vampires in Penny Dreadful, so I think she's a vampire. Yeah. I think that's what people were joking about, but I don't watch Penny Dreadful. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to start watching that at some point. I, um, I want to. It, it was just, you know, grad school. What's funny is the only two things I know Billy Piper from, really, mm-hmm. are um, Doctor Who and Secret Diary of a Call Girl. Yeah. Um, and I saw Secret Diary first, so like it's very uh, you know my my, my thoughts about Billy Piper uh, complex. Let's just put it that way. Moving um, on. Moving on. Uh, we love Billy Piper um, so much. Moving on. Uh, that night, the um, that was kind of the big party night. Um, there was the the Cyberman uh, car- Cyber Karaoke party, which was fun, and I wish that I had had the energy to stay and actually sing some Britpop rock. Um, there was a, da- a Dalek with a Tom Baker hat and scarf and flames on the dance floor, so, you know, I've seen that. Yeah, no, uh, it seemed like, I mean, at that point that when we left, I mean, and we had the puppy and we were yeah. both tired and that sort of thing, that would be a thing that I think if we'd gone to later, it might have been a yeah. little bit more... Um, the, the kids were all up and singing, we'll right. put it and, that way. Uh, you know, I didn't have enough cash. They had a cash bar. I Maybe mean, if I'd bought a couple of beers there, it would have been um, a little bit more um, entertaining entertaining (laughs) um definitely a geek karaoke that was what that was which is Um, great and uh the mysterious theater did uh mysterious theater 337 did tomb of the cyber 
So this uh, is like a mystery science theater, but with guys sitting in front of a screen. And for, specifically for Doctor Who. Yeah. It's um, three um, big Doctor Who nerds, um, whose names I can't remember off the top of my head. But um, And they were doing Tomb of the Cybermen. I watched about half of that. It was really good. It was really funny. Um, but the kind of the thing with any of that MST3K style stuff is that... Um, you know, they were very clever, but it is sort of at some point you're just kind of like, all right, I kind of get the jokes now, you know. Yep, um, and we should move on now. Yeah. Um, MST3K kind of runs into that too. So, yeah. um, all right. Um, moving on to Sunday, we're about to wrap up here. Shana's falling asleep. Sorry. Shana has about 45 minutes worth of podcasting <laughs> at a time. Um, it's funny how, like, even if she, I know she's not watching the clock, I know when she's done. Um... <laughs> sorry but we're almost done here. anyway um so last day we went to the chronicling the doctor thing where we got to see um um paul booth was there again um that was the um panel we went to about the the writing about the doctor oh yeah so they did kind of it, it was meant to be a discussion of writing non-fiction about doctor who and it ended up being an incident discussion about copyright law yeah because uh, lynn so, thomas of the verity podcast who is a reference librarian or an academic librarian in her day job yeah um and her husband who is a doctor who geek in and of, in and of himself yeah and uh everyone else on the panel they they all had to know copyright law intimately and um spoke quite uh thoroughly about and it. you know it was i i'm not gonna say it wasn't interesting i i know it was not the conversation any of them had set out to have right um and i would love to hear that conversation from them too someday but we did uh th- Again, really bright people on the p- panel all had really interesting things to say. I am convinced again and again and again that I need to buy both Chicks Dig Time Lords and Queers Dig Time Lords. Yeah. Um, you bought the Fan Phenomena book uh, from Paul Booth. Yeah, he was selling it there. Unfortunately, the other books weren't for sale there. Um but yeah, so uh, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, once I graduate <laughs> to get a little bit more red. You <laughs> mean in a couple of weeks? Shut up. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Woo, Masters number two, y'all. Yeah, Masters number two and crippling unemployment unemployment. Yay. Uh but let's talk about Doctor Who more. Yeah, let's do that. I need to start a Patreon account. Maybe people will drop a few <laughs> pennies in our jar here. Um yeah, that was a great panel, and, af- and then after that, we um, interviewed Paul Booth. Oh, um, right, yeah. So we we went to his <laughs> panel, and we're like, hey, we, you want to come back up to we, our room? We enticed him to our hotel room, yeah. and his wife allowed it for some reason. Crazy know? thing. Day after her birthday, too. Yeah. Uh, she anyway, was very sweet as well. They, they, were, they were all a fun group, so we, we had a good time. Um, Ruthie was thrilled that we brought somebody back to the hotel room so yeah. she could meet people. She did get a little lonely. Um, even though we did take her for regular walks. So next year, you know, I I had somebody suggest that I dress her up as a Cybermat for next year. I was thinking of a canine, but Cybermat is even better. Yeah, you know, who says the dog can only have one costume? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, Chicago TARDIS 2015. We're going to... Mm -hmm. uh, Take it by storm. Yeah. 
Um, and because of that interview, I was really wanted to go to the Verity Live, um, mm-hmm. but I missed that because we did the, um, you know, the interview, and by the time that was over, mm-hmm. the Verity Live was just starting. Um, we also, we kind of, at that point, just kind of chilled out, and, um... We did, uh, they did have a vendor's hall. So we went to the vendor's hall. Uh, thoughts about the vendor's hall? Let's go ahead and do that now. Yeah. I wish there had been more, um... Uh, what do I say? Individual artist made stuff. Um, I feel like a lot of it was just the the main Doctor Who stuff. A lot of the stuff you could get at Hot Topic or you know, or online um, easily. Um, we did buy a poster from the Pixel Who. Um, artist. Yeah, and I his art I have seen online a lot before. Um, so if you're if you have imagined when we said Pixel Who a picture where somebody has done pixelated versions of all the characters, then it's probably the same guy. I'll include a link in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but seeing him in person, seeing the work in person definitely uh, pushed pushed us to make that purchase. Yep. Um, so that was cool. Um, and we got it signed, and it was like $35. So, I mean, you know, not not a bad... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had gone in intending, like, specifically to buy a couple of Doctor Who t-shirts, but there was nothing that, like, you know, no. screamed out to me, like, oh, yes, you should buy this t-shirt, you know? Yeah. Um, um, very disappointing. So, a yeah. little disappointing. I will say that I did buy um, the Leonardo da Vinci exploding TARDIS print dress you look adorable thank you dear um because it was a little cheaper in person than it was on the website so um and the one thing i bought there um i was gonna buy some big finish but you know when you're actually buying the cds it ends up being more expensive than buying the downloads yeah um for reason i mean very reasonably so um but it did kind of end up being um man i would like to um do this and maybe get nick briggs to sign it because he would sign um any big finish item for free um, but at the same time, it was, it, it, it just kind of became, and I'm just kind of done. Um, I didn't really want to spend the uh, $50 on a, uh, on a, some, a bunch of, uh, big finish CDs. Yeah. At that moment. Yeah. Um, and, um, I got a couple other little things. I got an Ood pin because Ood and... Yeah, uh, I got the uh, first uh, book of the About Time series, which is yeah. one of the uh, big uh, academic writings about Doctor Who. Yeah, so um, we we continue to be geeks. There, honestly, the cosplay is really fun. There, there were several Daleks and one guy with a canine that I fell in love with. I posted video yes. and a picture on our Facebook page, so you've seen it if you look at our Facebook page. But check out our Facebook page, and we're on iTunes. Yeah. Gotta make Anyway, but uh, what else? What else are we missing? Um, the very last thing we did um, was the uh, the Year of Nine uh, panel, mm. which had Annette Badland. Which I wish uh, now I I had kind of forgotten she. I feel really terrible because I really loved her performance in uh, World War Three. She plays the Slovene Margaret, um, and uh, but I had kind of forgotten she was going to be there, and so she kind of slipped my mind. Um, I would like to have gone to her thing. Um, but she was there, and then Camille Cadori and Noel Clark. And Noel Clark uh, talked a lot about John Barrowman's penis. Yes, apparently John Barrowman likes to whip out his penis and just smack it around on people. And Noel Clark says that he thinks he's seen as less threatening because he's gay. And I, I, that was one of those moments I was just like, holy Jesus, that was okay, you said that. Um, 
But sidetracking back to our lovely Slovene, who was there, mm -hmm. she actually, um, I do wish we had gotten to see more of an interview with her because she had a lot to say because most of her experience was working with Eccleston right. um, and talking about what kind of actor he is and how serious he is, but also playful and like her, her point of view, the fact that it was primarily talking about Eccleston was really fascinating to me. You and I are both huge Eccleston fans. Yes, we are. And um, getting to hear them talk about that year was really nice. Mm -hmm. um, the, the funny thing was at the end of that, um, at the end of the weekend, I think everybody was just ready to kind of goof off and have a good time. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, that's right. He walked out with the popcorn and it was he, everywhere. Yes. No. And apparently Fraser Hines, uh, we actually saw the end of the, mm -hmm. because uh, Hadbury and uh, Hines and Watling did a, a second kind of panel right before that. Mm -hmm. And we caught the end of that and um, they're just adorable. And uh, so apparently Fraser Hines was the one who. Uh, put popcorn he apparently the tossed some popcorn. They they might have had um, popcorn backstage. It seemed like for them no, to be eating. I, I think I think that that's certainly the implication. Noel Clark walked out with just a big bowl and was like shoving handfuls, and there was popcorn everywhere. He, and he's was... literally just like eating popcorn into a microphone at one point. Yeah, it was, it, uh, it was quite silly and a lot of fun. And um, I was going to ask them a serious question about um, Christopher Eccleston, and then just had it. No, this is this is this is the fun. Yeah. The uh, end of the evening. Yeah. Thing. Um. But yeah, so it was fun. I do uh, want to shout out to a couple of my favorite costumes since sure. I do appreciate oh, costumes. Our friend uh, Kiana actually won the kind of sexy uh, TARDIS bunny thing. Costume. Yeah, she was like yeah. a TARDIS Playboy bunny. It was very cute. Yeah. Um, but the the woman who won did a really great Leela. Um, and had little girls with her who were dressed up as um, Ramana and Zoe, so that was adorable. Um, nice that it's all classic series too. No, yeah, you know. But the I think some of the best costumes were those twins. There, <laughs> we had a pair. Of there were a pair of twins there, and they did a ganger. Yeah, know, a ganger and, a, and an original. And they also did the twin dilemma, which I was well, you know, if you're if you're twins, so you're doing cosplay. It know. was pr that was pretty funny. That was just kind of like spot on, man. Um, but yeah, and I posted a lot of pictures, so yeah. you guys already know which ones I liked. But yeah, um, definitely check out our. Um, you can check out the actual Chicago Tardis mm -hmm. Facebook page, and they've got um, a bunch of the stuff from the masquerade from the um, the costume contest there. But uh, Shanna just posted a ton of uh, pictures of costumes when we were there, and Shanna dressed up in her kind of fourth doctor garb. Um, yeah, uh, I I definitely think. Next year, I would like to invest more time and uh, do do a little bit more costuming. We'll see if uh, we'll see if that happens. If that happens, um, but as as I said earlier today, when we were recording a different episode, <laughs> we, we we pretend that wasn't earlier today. Yeah, that was some other time. This is this is a bonus episode. It'll go up, or you know, but no, this whenever. was. Uh, uh, yeah, but like I, you know, I'm still watching Classic there. Who, and I'm finding Classic Who characters, and I'm like, ugh, I'd love to dress up as that character. Right now, I'm I'm fixated on Vicky in uh, the God, time meddler. In the time meddler, God, I can't one, believe. I once just she forgot. finishes watching it, and we finish podcasting about it, the Shana, title is out of Shana my head. Shana has completely no, just completely forgotten even that she has seen it. Oh God. 
What's funny is I'm watching the little waveforms on the laptop, and whenever you snap, I can see the thing just spike. Oh, God. So, I'm sorry. I'll yeah, stop. It's fine. Uh, but I also I still, still want to do a Liz Shaw cosplay. No. Um, so so uh, next year, I think we're both going to try to dress up a little bit more. Um, yeah. It's funny for me because I have the big beard, and you know every character that I do is like, oh, and I'm the Ninth Doctor with a beard, you know, for instance. Yeah. Um, but but something some tells ideas. me about that this crowd is not going to be too judgmental. Oh, extra kudos. There was a young kid, probably early teens, who had made his own Ice Warrior costume. Yeah, no, that one was awesome. And um, uh, he he won some prize. But I please, if you don't go look at any of our other pictures, you should go look at this kid's work. Because, yeah. like, good for him. Yeah. Um, so, wrapping up. Uh, this was, and then we did closing ceremonies, and then mm -hmm. it's done. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up. Uh, favorite things at Chicago Taurus this year? Uh, my favorite thing was actually when we were getting ready to leave and we were walking out <laughs> and I had the dog on my shoulder and lo and behold, Wendy Padbury was there and Daniel hadn't gotten the guts up to even say as much as a hi to her. So she we, saw... We walked past her and shush, I just... it's I get to keep talking. Okay. And I said, I'm doing it. I'm going, and I I'm walked... I'm like, keeping my head down. I'm like, no, I, I walked can't, right you know. in. I said, excuse me, Wendy. She looked, and she's like, oh! And so we start talking about the dog, because I have the cutest dog in the world. She's like, oh, she's beautiful, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, actually, I came over to tell you that my husband is quite in love with you. And so I I totally tried to play wingman for right. <laughs> my well, husband. And and... Wendy Padbury, very, you know, she gets... I'm sure she gets a lot of... Uh, creepy uh, overly overweight overly hairy guys with uh big beards sure but not all of you know. them have a wife and a puppy who do that sure. uh, you know saying I'm, I'm in love with you Wendy. Yeah. you know um so uh was trying not to be that creepy guy but my wife made sure i, I got to be that creepy guy for a minute without um, really being creepy and being um, on the elevator she, with she Fraser did, Hines she did reach too. over and like touch my arm and like gave me a little rub you know like on my forearm just oh how sweet you know yeah. like it was very um no wendy padbury um she is exactly as adorable as you think she is yeah. and uh we shared an elevator with fraser hines um, also adorable um, this was this hilarious. was the night before but we ran uh this was sunday um mm -hmm. but we ran into um you know just after all the festivities mm -hmm. we were going up to our hotel room to see the puppy and, mm -hmm. and give her a walk and fraser hines is like standing right there and we happened to be mm -hmm. the two of us plus fraser hines and then elevator you know, very kind of chill. It just kind of was like you were. You said, you know, thank you, and or something yeah. like that. And I said to him, "Oh yeah, we. Um, I just showed her the Dominators. Um, yeah. And uh, I was gonna have us talk a little bit about the Dominators, but um, we did watch the Dominators. We like the Dominators. I think we're not going to do a full episode on the Dominators right now. We'll come back to it another time. Mm -hmm. But um, and he he kind of like he couldn't quite remember which one it was. And I went, yeah, I think you're excellent at you know throwing all the rocks at quarks and that sort of thing. Right. And he went, oh, the quarks, the yeah, quarks, the you know? quarks. <laughs> uh, suddenly he remembered, and it was uh, you know very um. I, I feel, you know, I, f I feel uh, bad for these guys sometimes because yeah. they are, you know, they're clear, you know, this is something I did 45 years ago. I'm a working actor, mm -hmm. you know, like that sort of thing. Um, and there are these people that are just obsessed with every detail and you don't want to be that creepy guy who's just, you know, um, 
but uh, a real gentleman. Um, and and all the all yeah. the people that I interacted with. Um, you know, I got to say a couple words to Dominic Glenn. I got to you know we got to speak to um, Fraser Hines and Wendy Padbury. Um, and it um, was just I I will say um for an event that size it was overall just very positive yeah. and not not even usually when you go to things that big you can feel like oh there's somebody fighting over there there you can feel the awkwardness if it happens right. um and it just it, it really didn't feel that bad it it, it really was, was a supportive very happy well run, lucky group very organized um doctor who fans good people so yeah. um so we approve, and we will see you there next year if you choose to go. Yeah, we handed out a bunch of business cards. Um, mm -hmm. Crippling social anxiety kind of prevented me from uh, doing a lot of that, but Shannon was handing them out all over the place. Yeah. Well, I think I handed out two, and Sh Shannon's like, I, do you have any more of those? Because I've given out all mine. And I'm like, when? <laughs> Holy shit. Like, great, yeah. you know? I'm sneaky. Yeah, Shannon, Shannon's very good at um, ingratiating herself to people. I'm just the, you know, I'm just, the, I'm the nerdy guy. I'm just going to stand here and yeah. be awkward. So, yeah. Sometimes. That's how we roll. <laughs> um, so uh, we will definitely, uh, I mean, almost definitely go to Chicago Paris next year, mm -hmm. I think. Um, that's definitely on our, on our to-do list. Barring unexpected life changes. Right. But uh, hypothetically, we should still be in the area and uh, definitely want to do that. So look for us next year. Um, wrapping up here, the, the puppy is now licking Shana's hand. So. And also chewing on her own foot. So, well, you know. She's a puppy. She's a dog. If you want to hear more from us, you can hear us on iTunes. Uh, just search for Oi Spaceman. You can uh, find us on our website. That's oispaceman.libsyn.com. That's O-I Spaceman, no spaces, .libsyn.com. You can uh, find us, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Daniel E. Harper, and Shana is Inkyosa. We're also on Tumblr at those same names. And uh, you can uh, email us. Uh, we would love to get uh, thoughts and comments and questions and stuff. Um, you can email us at oispacemanpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, any more thoughts? No. It's past Shana's bedtime. Not really, but it's past the end of the Shana's able to podcast time. Yeah. Sorry, kids. <laughs> this old Shana's... lady needs to go lie down. Shana, Shana's done. You know, 45 minutes is really all you get out of Shana. And she's just like, you know, no, I'm done. Can't talk anymore. No. <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta go play with my puppy. <laughs> Exterminate. <laughs> Exterminate. Feels like there should be some themes on there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, thanks again to Shana for being on the podcast with me. And um, until, until next, next week, time, say it. The balcony is closed. Shana hates that ending. We're we're gonna we need to find a new ending. That's the key. Uh -huh. How about just I love you, baby. Well, I love you too. Bye. Bye.